Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. There is a classic text in marital and premarital counseling called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Now, it is always precarious to make generalizations, especially with a quirky and unique group of people like human beings. But um, Chapman, in this book, attempts to categorize people uh, in five different ways that they both receive love and give love. And uh, the point being that sometimes uh, when a couple is getting to know each other, or perhaps when a couple has uh, grown apart, that perhaps one of the reasons for this is that they are not communicating their love in the same way, and so uh, maybe one person expresses their love another way, another person another, and so they're kind of coming to, uh, to, uh, to friction about that. The five languages are words of affirmation, saying something nice to the other person, gifts of service, completing your honey-do list, receiving gifts, I like to receive gifts, quality time, spending just time with the other person, and physical touch, the physical aspects of a relationship. Those are the five love languages. And I was thinking about that this week, especially because we had a wedding here at the chapel uh, last night, and I helped out with a wedding yesterday at the cathedral downtown. Um, but I was thinking about those five categories and how they could translate to the way that we show love to each other as a parish family. Think about we are people of, of a book, and we are people of prayer, and how many uh, prayer lists there are that circulate via email or social media or what have you that lets each other know how we are lifting them up in prayer. Think about gifts of service. I think about how uh, when a member of the parish dies, how the how folks will put up one of the great uh, icons of the South, the funeral lunch uh, with fried chicken and those salads that for some reason at some point someone decided to put ramen noodles in the salads but it's good. Um, and there are casseroles that someone 
just try to dare someone else, how many calories can you put into this casserole? And it is good. And don't get me started on the cakes. And then also, back in the back, in the churchyard when our gravediggers guild gathers to hand dig the final resting place for someone. In these, in so many ways, uh, we offer our love through gifts of service. There's that quality time, whether it be keeping vigil the night before someone is laid to rest, or many of the different groups from foyers to uh, Wednesday Bible study to uh, the group of men that gather at 7 on Fridays at a, the M7 coffee house in Ridgeland. Uh, we don't necessarily accomplish much uh, in that group, but we spend quality time together. And then physical touch being a sacramental tradition, we see God in physical things. In, by, in bread and wine, in water and oil. We see God in these things that are of God's creation. And I believe that these, these manifestations, these sacramental things, are meant to communicate to us that God is with us. God is with us all the time not just in the exciting times or the big times, but in the small times as well. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus says something that is very subtle, yet I think quite profound. Have you, ha have you anything here to eat? Here is the Son of God, the fulfiller of prophecy, the one who was written about in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And instead of flexing his godly muscles and being the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus merely asks for something to eat. And I believe that in this simple request, Jesus is saying something profound about how God is present in the world. Jesus has been pretty busy lately. His calendar has been very full. There's been the Last Supper, the foot washing, the garden, the trial, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection. A very, it's been a very busy couple of weeks. And certainly, obviously, God was there in those milestone moments that we commemorate in stained glass windows and in art and special services throughout Holy Week. But now that all of that is over, now that life continues, now that we move on, God is also present in the very ordinary. God is present in the everyday. When Jesus asks for that simple, regular piece of fish, Jesus is confirming how He is with us, even in the simple things. And yet, how often do we reject that presence of God. Luke reports that, the, that at the presence of Jesus, the apostles felt startled and terrified. And while in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. We may know in our head, we can articulate that God is present, that God is incarnate, intimate, present. But instead, 
we turn away with that same fear that the apostles expressed so many years ago. We have no problem. It's easy to welcome God into our lives on those big occasions, Christmas or Easter or the kid's wedding or a grandchild's baptism. But once the specialness of an occasion is over, sometimes we, I know I, put God to the side. I'm sorry, God, I know you're here and all, but it's Tuesday morning and it's 7.30 and I just spilled my coffee and I'm trying to merge onto I-55. Can we do this later? Maybe, how about three weeks from next Thursday? That day is somewhat free. Maybe in the afternoon. All too often on those Tuesday mornings or Friday nights or three weeks from next Thursday, we are too busy for God. Or even worse, we see no need for God. But regardless of how clueless or self-obsessed or ignorantly self-reliant we might be, God is still there watching and waiting and wanting to be part of our lives. As the beauty and excitement of Easter Sunday fades, we should remember that the risen Christ the one that rose from the tomb and made all those folks so excited just a couple of Sundays ago, that same risen Christ is with us, all of us, today. And that Christ is with us not only in the best times and not only in the worst times, but God is also very present in the plain times. And when we turn to God every day, when we begin to acknowledge God and become aware of God and make a discipline of going deeper with God every day, then we know the peace of God. And that peace of God isn't necessarily peaceful, but it sustains us. It helps us evolve as spiritual beings. It is like that, that funeral lunch feeds the soul. And so, may you know peace. May you know the love of God that is with us today and every day. Amen.